0: have a seat. Oh man, I love it. Raise a praise. That's a great way to start the service today with that baptism, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to jump into, we're in this series raising a praise and you know, if we're not careful, we, 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 we miss all these incredible things that God is doing around us and, and and we, I believe, we miss miracle moments each and every day. Encounters with with people, or words of affirmation that maybe somebody gives us, or or, or seeing some sort of other God move. We miss those often. And so what we're trying to do over these few weeks is is, is we're trying to cause us to to look at and see that God is still on the move. You're hearing stories from from individuals that that have seen a move of God in their lives. We're looking at stories from from God's word about a a move of God in their lives. We're seeing videos and images on our screen and and people are testifying and bearing witness. Listen, God is on the move and he's at work. And we wanna celebrate that and raise a praise over that today, I want to look at a story that might be familiar to, to a lot of us, but 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 I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit would use this over the next few moments and and and, and maybe just um, prompt us uh, to a change in our lives, a change, right? We need we need a change. We need a move of God upon us that that literally shifts us maybe in a in a new direction. <clears throat> Lindsay prayed earlier this morning for, for may, maybe some of us that have a, uh, 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 an attitude about who we are, uh, maybe a negative self-view or uh, image of, of, of who we are, and that's the enemy chirping in our ears. And, and for some of you, maybe that's, that's what's happening today. We're, we're praying for a change to take place, that you would begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. We, 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 we today we want to look in the book of Acts at a story that I believe is an incredible story of transformation. And it's a reminder to me that there is no one too far gone. You're, you're, I know that there are a lot of bad people listening maybe and you, you feel like you're bad. The he's told you that. Maybe somebody else has said you're bad. But I want you to know that there's no one too far gone. In which the love of God can't reach you. Are you with me today? In Acts, we read about the, the 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 explosion of the church. We read about the Holy Spirit coming upon a, a a few a few disciples in Acts chapter one, and and they were obedient and went and waited for the Holy Spirit to come as Jesus had commanded them to. You're going to hear a recurring theme today: obedience brings the blessing when we're obedient and do those things that the Holy Spirit calls us to do, great things are happening, will happen in our lives. We, we, we know that there's a group of about 120 of them that, that are in a room praying and, <clears throat> and, 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 and the Holy Spirit comes and moves upon them and they get lit up for Jesus. Peter's one of those and he, he in Acts chapter two preaches a sermon of all sermons. 3,000 give their lives to Jesus and are baptized. Can you imagine that baptismal service? Listen, we, ours was about 10 minutes. Can you imagine 3,000 people? You had to pack a lunch for that one. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be there a while, right? We, we, we see that the church explodes and these believers are eat up with Jesus and, and they, they, they begin to go and tell others. We know that in all of their excitement and their joy and their enthusiasm, we know that there's always a darkness that's gonna come and try to put out the light, right? We know that there's a group of religious leaders in the book of Acts that, that are jelly. That means they're jealous. That's what the kids say these days. They're, 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 they're jealous about this move of God. It's a threat to them. And so they begin to, to take steps. They begin to give words of warning. They arrest apostles and put them in jail. They beat them and they threaten them with their very life because they want to stifle this move of God. Here's what you need to know. You can't stifle God. When he wants to move, he'll move. He can do what he wants to do. You, you may right now be a part of the move of God or you might not be, but I just want you to know God can do what he wants to do, amen? And I'm praying for a move of God. In, 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 in Acts chapter seven, we read about one of these early believers by the name of Stephen. Stephen is a man of faith and the religious leaders arrest him. They bring him in and Stephen in Acts chapter seven gives this incredible speech and, 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 and it comes to a ruling that they decide, hey, Stephen, we're gonna, we're gonna kill you. And they, in Acts chapter seven, the end of that chapter, we find the, the stoning of Stephen. And I love in the midst of that, as, as, as those stones are hurled his way, Stephen still stands with his gaze towards heaven and he sees Jesus. Love that. In Acts chapter seven, we're introduced to a man in the Bible by the name of Saul that scripture says was present at the stoning of Stephen. In fact, his role there was probably to give some orders and commands and direction, make sure the stoning was done correctly. But it says there in Acts chapter seven that those that were throwing the stones laid their cloaks at Saul's feet. Acts chapter 8, we go on and we, we read a little bit about this, this Saul. If you don't have it on the screens, you're just going to trust me. I'm going to read the Bible today. I hope you're okay with the word of God. Here's what it says. It says, Saul was one of those witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And there was a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. And he went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. In Acts chapter seven and chapter eight, we we find a story about this man Saul and and he is a raging bull. He is hell bent on putting an end to this this message that Jesus is the Messiah. He's got to put an end to it. He's he's going, as it says, from house to house. He's he's going wherever he, he, he catches wind that there's these believers gathered. He's gonna go and put an end to their talk, killing many of them arresting and throwing into prison others, torturing, torturing others. He, he, he's just gonna do whatever he can to stop this message from spreading. In Acts chapter nine, we, we, we read that, that he's, he gets a directive or he asks for permission to go to another one of these such uprisings in the city of Damascus. Damascus is about 150 miles from Jerusalem, and it's outside of the Jewish territory, and it was a several days journey, several days to to get to Damascus. Saul didn't care. He he just knows that what's taking place, he's going to go and put an end to it all. In Acts chapter 9, I want to begin reading to you a story, something that takes place while Saul is on his mission towards Damascus. says in verse 1 that Saul was uttering threats with every breath and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. And so he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus. Asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Verse 3 says that as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, there was a light from heaven that suddenly shone down around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am who? Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. And so his companions led him by hand to Damascus. Saul's blinded by a voice from heaven. He's blinded, and, and these men that are accompanying him, men that are probably there to, to respond to any orders that he gives them on their journey, are now responsible for carrying this blinded, mighty warrior, this, this raging bull to the house by the name, to a man by the name of Ananias. See, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Ananias as well and said, "There will be one coming your way, and here's what I need you to do. He's going to stay with you for a few days, and I want you to take care of him. And Ananias, I want you to lay your hands on him and restore him." It's interesting because I'm sure Ananias had already heard about Saul, but yet God is calling him to do something that was going to be extremely unheard of, uncomfortable, inconvenient, but yet, well, this looks like what Ananias does because he responds as Dave Claflin does with a heart of obedience. And so Ananias went and found Saul and he laid his hands on him and he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. And he got up and was what? Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately he began preaching about, uh-oh, stop the bus. He immediately begins preaching about Jesus in the synagogues saying, he is indeed the son of God. wow. The, 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 this man who, who, who still has blood on his garments from the stoning of Stephen, the, 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 this man who, who was public enemy number one for the church and the believers, is now standing in synagogues. He, people know him. He has a reputation. And he's preaching this message that Jesus is indeed the son of God. Verse 21 says, as many of you would be, all were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they ask? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them into chains to the leading priests? But Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And I want to drop down to verse 31. It says this, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Now listen, would you agree with me that what we read, and I read it quickly for you in Acts chapter nine, is a stunning transformation. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. This man who, 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 who was so devastating and who impeded so much the, 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 the telling of the story of Jesus is now one who, who has had the scales on his eyes removed and he's seeing the truth for the very first time. I'm praying that for someone in this house today that you would see the truth. That you would see, as we sang earlier, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And instead of now being this raging bull hellbent on stopping a move of Jesus, he's now a part of the move of Jesus. I'm here to proclaim. I'm here to testify to you that Jesus is the Messiah. Can you imagine the people listening to him say that? In fact, in the Greek, when you study this, in the Greek, there was a term used to describe this astonishment. It's, It's the same word that we get the word ecstatic from. There was ecstatic astonishment over this transformation and this message that Saul was now preaching. Come on, we can raise a praise. We can raise a praise over this transformation, this reversal taking place in Saul's life. But can you imagine being those people sitting there listening? It's like if we were to parade up here before you today, a Charles Manson or a Ted Bundy or somebody who you think is just a notorious sinner evil, there is no possible way that God could ever transform their lives. It's like them preaching to you today. Some of you going, I think we're looking at one right now. Right, that's okay. Whatever you think the old is gone. The new is come and I'm still at work in progress. Amen. But he's now standing before them. I mean, they'd heard stories of prisoners. He'd taken into captivity They they, they knew how brutal he was to to people who professed Jesus as, I mean, there were jaw drop stares in that synagogue that day, I'm sure. This is the most famous conversion in history. The the, the church's fiercest enemy has, has now become one of its most gifted and energetic champions. Saul, the persecutor, now becomes Paul, the apostle. It, it, it's so transforming that, that in the back to your Bible, because I know you brought them today. You have it memorized, right? But I mean, there's stories and, and maps of his journeys. Church planter extraordinaire. The, 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 this one who was the, the one who did everything he can to stop a move of God is now the one that is doing everything he can to cause a move of God. Oh, for more Saul's to rise up in our generation today, for us to have that same passion and zeal for the Lord like we did when we lived for the devil. Oh, what would happen in the church of America today? Oh, if we lived with the same tenacity for Jesus Christ, advancing his gospel. Something interesting you need to know about Saul. We we, we know from studying him that that, that he was raised in one of the strictest of Jewish homes. He comes from good soil, by the way. He he, he comes from from the tribe of Benjamin. And and for those of you that remember, in the Old Testament, Israel's first king was also named Saul. Saul. You see, the, 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 the children of Israel at one point in their history determined this. Hey, all of our neighboring countries and nations, they all have great kings. We too need a king. We, we need somebody to rule and reign for us. I know that we would never fall into that pit today where we think that a man is greater than what God can do for us. We would never think that. We would never place our hopes and trust and faith in one human being, would we? But we do. We don't trust an almighty God. Anyway, the first king of Israel is a king by the name of Saul. That that King Saul was was a mighty man and he was highly favored and valued during his, at one point especially, during his his time as the king uh, uh, of Israel. his His name just spoke to how awesome, his name means ask for. It means inquired of God. That's who Saul was named after in Acts chapter Seven, eight, nine, that we read about the Saul of Tarsus. He's named after this mighty leader. But we know that in Acts chapter 13, after this transformation is taking place in Saul's life, you know, he undergoes a name change. I've already told you that his name changes from Saul to, to Paul. Do you know what the name Paul means? It means little. That, 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 that's like saying, I'm going to change my name from Spike to Squirt. You know, I mean, who does that? but it just speaks to how radical a transformation had taken place in Paul's life. This man who was boisterous and and, and fiery and and, and mean and ugly now becomes a man that demonstrates tremendous humility. Listen, this notorious Saul now becomes Paul and he's transformed by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, Now, why would I share this story with you? And what does that have to do with us today? I love this imagery of baptism and I love hearing Dave Claflin talk about being obedient to the Holy Spirit of God and what he's doing in his life and, and just the healing and the transformation that's coming. But, but here's what I love about this story in Scripture as well. There is no one that is too far for the love and grace of God to reach. I mean, Saul is, is the worst of the worst when it comes to, to, to Jesus and God. And man of faith. He, he, at one point, he was the worst of the worst. But yet, we find that God never gave up on him. And that on his way to carry out death sentences and to arrest people and drag them back those 150 miles back to Jerusalem, the love of Jesus reaches him. And that might just be a word for someone listening here today. Because you feel like you're too far gone maybe you've even had other people tell you you're too far gone you're hopeless we've tried everything we can to help you and nothing works good luck and and maybe there's been that type of a sentence spoken over you i want you to know that as i read about individuals in the bible you you are exactly that person that jesus came for when you read scripture, you're gonna find that, that God chose people that we might not consider worthy. Whether that be a Saul of Tarsus, whether that be other murderers or adulterers or harlots or liars that we read about in scripture, people who are notorious sinners, whatever it is. I'm telling you, the the, the point is is God is showing us, I believe in this story of Saul that that, that despite our flaws, there is no one that is undeserving of his love and mercy. There there, there is no one. And and that's why God went to great lengths and extremes to send someone So, 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 so that you could could be raised, as Dave alluded to, from death to life. That, 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 that's why God sent someone to, to, to Saul on a road to Damascus and speaking into his life so that scales could be removed. So he's blinded, but yet those scales be removed and, and he would see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, th- this is just a great reminder to me today that God loves you that much. But it's also a great reminder to me today that it's through what God has done for us that allows us to receive this new life that we've talked about today. You see, no one can be made right. No one can be accepted by God apart from Jesus. That's why I love how we started today with baptism. And Pastor Todd was so quick. These waters don't save people. Dave alluded to these waters don't, 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 didn't save me. Just, but, but there was a miracle. There was a transformation that takes place in the midst of that. We're, we're, we're identifying. See, baptism is a symbolic of, 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 of this, this inward phenomenon that's taking place in us. It's this outward exclamation of look who I belong to now. Much like many of you wear a wedding ring, you know, you, you wear a rating. I know that you oftentimes have looked to people to see if they got something on it, right? Right? You, you look, and, and, and that's a sign to you that they belong to someone, isn't it? it, it it's a sign to you that they've made a commitment to, to follow someone, and their, their, their lives are now committed in, with, and they belong to someone else. That's what baptism is all about. And, and I love that symbolism that David alluded to, and we see that plate. Played out today as we watch the video of those outside. And by the way, those of you that have come in, we were hooting and hollering in this house today as well for you. We're excited because we saw symbolically this dead life pass away and you being raised up and being made new. Again, you see, that's what Christ did. He died for us. He was buried in the tomb. He didn't stay there long, three days, right? You are here Easter, right? He was buried in a tomb for three and he rose and there's a new life. There's a new call in our lives. And listen, this new life, this newness, this new creation, aren't you glad old things can pass away? We used to have people that came to church here that, that I went to high school with and I was afraid of that because I knew me in high school. Oh, you laugh, you were the same way. were not you? Aren't some of you grateful that the old can pass away and all things become new? It's not how you start, but it's how you finish, right? And for someone listening here today, the Holy Spirit of God is calling you right now. Say, listen, I'm not done with you. And I know the enemy wants you to think that you're hopeless, but I'm telling you, I've got something new for you today. And you know how you're made new? It's through Jesus. You're made new through Jesus. Hallelujah. Right? You can raise a praise for that, right? That it's not because of our works or our efforts or how much we give or how much we go. It's, we're made new because of the, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that's what I want you to hear today. Saul was made new in Acts chapter nine because he met Jesus. These nine that we saw baptized just a few months ago were made new because they met Jesus. The transformation and the healing of fear and anxiety and worry in Dave Claflin's life was definitely not because of the therapeutic waters of the Jordan River, but they were because of a transforming work of a Holy Spirit in his life. And I'm telling you, that can happen in your life as well right now. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to challenge you with something. There's someone here right now that needs a move of the Holy Spirit on your life. There's a move that needs to take place just as the band's gonna come out and sing about right now. There's a move that needs to take place in your life and it's time for you to release the death grip off of the seat you're standing in front of or to release pride that you may be carrying around and you need Jesus. You need a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is that you today? If that's you, I want you to come stand down front with me right now because transformation awaits you. And I'm not gonna let you go from this house today without giving you the opportunity to, as we've seen about, as we've heard about, and as we've read about today, to obey the Spirit properly. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you wanna be made new, I wanna ask you to come stand down front with me right now. There's a miracle that can take place in your life. Come on, oh, come on. That's what I'm talking about. Anybody else today? Come on, you wanna be made new. There's a miracle that can happen in your life. Transformation can take place in your life. Let's go, staff, move. Move, staff. Prayer ministry team, come join me. Let's minister right now. I want y'all to stand right here with me. Anybody else today? Obey the Spirit promptly. Obey the Spirit promptly. Come on, there's a miracle that can take place in your life. You won't have to leave you the same way. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. It's not a song. It's not a, a song sermon it's, it's the Holy Spirit of God that's calling you right now is that you come on you don't have to believe you're the same way you can be made new today the scales can come off the old life can pass away the new can come in your life right now is that you we need to move to come in and transform and change you. Scripture says this, if any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away. All things become new. I want you to look around these people right here. They're standing around you right now. There are people here right now that are praying for you because here's the deal. They've Seen that the Lord is good. They know what I'm talking about. And there's some people in this room today as well that know what I'm talking about. Listen, they know the difference that Jesus makes in someone's life. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Pastor Danny to, if you guys would go with Pastor Danny right here, raise your hand, Pastor Danny. And I want you all to follow him if you're making the decision to receive Jesus because we want to help you understand And the rest of us are going to raise a praise in this house right now. Come on. I had a couple of you ladies go with him. A couple of you ladies, somebody go with him. Thank you. Listen, this is the greatest miracle that can happen in someone's life. They've walked from death to life. They were in the dark but now they live in line. Our ministry team is going to stand down front today and make themselves available to you because I know that there's some ministry that needs to continue to happen in this room today. Some of you guys are dealing with some stuff. You don't have to carry that any longer. Listen, there's freedom where the spirit of the Lord is, right? There are strong hopes that can be broken and our ministry team is going to stand down front all across the front of this stage and they're going to be here to receive you this morning as we dismiss. Holy Spirit of God, thank you for being present with us. Holy Spirit, thank you for calling men and women to your great name. Holy Spirit of God, thank you for the transformation that you bring. God, thank you for loving the world so much that you sent your only son to die on the cross, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God, we thank you for the healing you bring. We thank you for being a miracle working God. We thank you for the life that's come. i want to pray for those today that are dealing with a stronghold. God, they need to be set free from something. They need freedom from an addiction, from maybe a, a self-image. They need deliverance, God, from an issue, a problem, a relationship struggle. They need, Lord, I pray that today that they would run to the front and receive the words of ministry from your instruments today. To you be the glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Can we raise a praise? Come on, can we raise a